On this episode, we recap a hell of a week in college basketball. We go over some transfers. We give out another green light player of the week. We go over the bottom 25, and we go over how not to vote in the AP poll. Ian, hit me, brother. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Welcome, everybody, to the Green Light Podcast, Episode 9. We are back in 2018. We back, and we back. What's up, everybody? It's good to be back. We miss you. Hope you had a great Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, holiday, New Year, whatever you were celebrating. Yeah, we're in it. We're in it. We're actually watching football right now. Georgia just hit that field goal. Uh, Kirby Smart must feel good about that one. But... That's not what this podcast is about. We have a lot to go over. We have a new number one in town. Sparty. Yeah. I mean, that's not, at this point, like, not really surprised. No, not surprised at all, but new and, number one. And down they'll, probably, goes. they'll probably be there for a while, too. Yeah, they will. They'll probably be there for a while. I mean, the Big Ten, I think, I mean, it's not as, there's some good teams in it. It's not as top-heavy. Or, I mean, they're really the only, I'd say, elite team. Yeah, I mean, and they, the and they I mean, have maybe, a pretty... You have to see Purdue's up there. Purdue's going to be tough. They don't have to play Purdue, though, until February 10th. Look at that. Um, the opening opening couple games for them in the Big Ten so easy, though. Maryland, They already beat Nebraska and Rutgers. Yep. So they, and so, then they go Maryland, Ohio State, Rutgers again. again. Michigan, Indiana. Whew. Illinois, Illinois, Like, their road games Maryland. are at Ohio State and Illinois. So, like, Michigan yeah, State's going to be at the top for they're a winning. While. Yeah, they're winning. And they're like winning we talked about before, I mean, right now their defense – Number one effective field goal percentage. They're giving up a 39% effective field goal percentage. Which they're is still gross. At, they're letting you know how teams, hard that is? Once again, they're letting teams shoot 32.6% from two. So they're just Oof. absolutely – no one is scoring in the paint. To put that into perspective, Virginia, who like absolutely packs it in, they're at least giving up 40% from two. Uh, even Cincinnati's 395 yeah. They They defend. They score. Um, obviously, Miles they have – Miles a beast. Um, Nick Ward, I want to say, what is he averaging? An absolute massive kid. He's averaging something crazy. Shooting this season, he's shooting. He's an effective field goal percentage of seventy-two and a half percent. Dang, seventy-two. So his last few games from two, he went nine of nine from two. Or sorry, total, he isn't shooting threes. His last from the field, nine of nine, seven of eight, seven of eight, nine of nine, six. And like, dude, just, just not efficient. missing. He's on just a heater. Efficient. He can get his free throws up, but I mean, when you have some tall trees in the post like that, you've got Miles Bridges. Um, yeah, they're yeah, gonna we're going to have a number one for a while, at least yeah. as far as I think. Yeah, um, I think so. They're, I'm, they're I'm in agreement good, with so. you there. So shout out um, to Michigan State. But why is there a new number one? Because Nova does it again. How about this for a stat? Nova has lost five times in the past two years, and three of those five losses are to Butler. Does that make any sense? I mean, it kind. I, I don't know. Does it? That, and I think it's a savage move by put, making Villanova go like their second, their second Big East game. They have to go to Hinkle and yeah. play, and they like that. That's tough. They, their first two games are at DePaul and at Butler, um, basically a few days apart. They played Wednesday and Saturday. Um, they gave up a hundo. Well, Butler hit fifteen three pointers. Anytime you're going to beat the number one team in the country, you're going to have to shoot. 
the hell out of the ball, yeah. and they did. So, and Nova doesn't give up points like that. No, you know, I mean, not 101. Dude, they got 31 from Jalen Brunson. No, they played like, well. That's like, the thing. Nova did not play bad, mm-hmm. but you you gave up 15 three pointers. Like, yeah. it's a wrap. Exactly. Basically, yeah, 20, 23 from Paul Jorgensen, 24 from Kalau Martin, 19 from Kamar Baldwin. Like, yeah, they that's all not what you well. typically see from from Nova. But um, they're gonna have to bounce back because they get uh, they get Marquette. On Saturday, they get a week to prepare. They get a week off. Yeah, they're gonna crush Marquette. I mean, I guarantee. Whatever that line is, take it because they're gonna absolutely come back and crush them. Dude, they get Xavier. Yeah, then then that's that's the real game matchup. But dude, get this: Villanova came into the game allowing sixty-five points, gave up one hundred and one, and allowing six point six threes, gave up fifteen. So like, you know, this thing, those things happen. Like, if you're gonna beat them, and to be fair to them, they're still even after the loss, they're still ranked number one, the Ken Palm rankings. They're one in Michigan State too. See, so it so it's, shows it's not like, necessarily even like a bad loss. We're not saying it's a I'm bad not, loss. No, it's not a bad loss. They're I don't top think it is. top forty. Butler's top forty. I mean, they're what's their record right now? They're twelve and three. I mean, their only losses to to Purdue, Ooh, Texas, Maryland's Maryland. a bad loss. Yeah, not on on the road at Maryland. Tough place to play, but yeah, yeah kind yeah. of a bad, kind of a bad, not a bad loss, but. I mean, hey, Butler is uh, Butler's Butler, and Hinkle is like no no easy place to play yeah, either. So no joke at all. Um, Next one, that. yeah. Uh, so I got to see our former Greenlight Player of the Week, Trey Young, this past weekend. He is even better than advertised, which is like hard to come by. Like this guy is legitimately now pulling up from forty feet, which and now everyone knows about it too. Yeah, That's the thing. It's which like, makes him. How, there's no way to guard him in a ball screen because he can hit every pass, right? So, like, you can't hard hedge it. You can't flat hedge it. You can't double team it. He gets rid of it. Um, well, I don't know what you do. But, like, if you if you even somewhat don't show on that ball screen, it's going up. It's yeah. wild. He was pulling from crazy distance. Just had an unbelievable win over TCU at TCU, who's playing really well, has a really good team. Um, what was his stat line? I know they played Northwestern was crazy. That, 30, that one, people were yeah. talking about him getting a... So uh, Northwestern Northwestern was the one where he went 31, or no, where was the 22? Northwestern State. So obviously it was a bad opponent on December 19th. Sure. That's when he had 22 assists and he only played 29 minutes. So that, like, obviously, like, obviously, people are taking notice. That was coming off the Wichita State game where he went for for twenty nine, then against Northwestern, put up thirty one and twelve, um, and then on the road at TCU in his first Big Twelve game, just now, yeah. So thirty nine points, fourteen assists. Um, would like to see him cut down the turnovers, but I think just the way they play, they play at such. He it's seven turnovers at four. He's averaging. Um, probably around a little four four turnovers per game, um, but they play at a crazy quick clip. Their average possession length, like and even the four though, like the balls in his hands all game. All you know game. what I'm saying? So it, it's those things are gonna happen. Like if he's if he gets up to like six or seven, then that's that's an issue. Averaging anyway, but four is not that bad if you're just dominating the ball like he does. You know what I mean? That's like 100%. Chris Paul having four exactly. turnovers. Like you just live with it. How wild is it when you think about it? You look at like Oklahoma basketball. They have like these guys that just that that one like the national they have Blake Griffin yeah. and Buddy yeah. Heald and Trey Young that just literally just take over take like, over nationally. I know like, it's everyone crazy. starts finding out and it's, and it's just it's Oklahoma. It makes yep. doesn't really make a ton of sense, um, but uh, it's great. I saw a stat it was the last time um, Oklahoma had a Heisman winner. It was Sam Bradford, and then Blake Griffin won National Player of the Year. Now. Yeah, this Baker, could happen. Baker Mayfield. This could happen. Tra- I think Trey Young at this point. Would you consider Trey Young hands that you're he's the best player in, in the clubhouse? Yeah, he's at, the best player for in national player of the year. Yeah, gotta be. Yeah. Not now. That's it. Now 
take that with what we're saying. He's the best player in college basketball. We're not saying he's going to be the best player in the NBA. We're not saying he's going to be the number one pick, although I wouldn't hate that pick. Um, but it's kind of hard to turn down Aiton at Arizona or Bagley at Duke. But anyway, that's a different conversation. Clippers are going to find their point guard right there. Put seriously, him and, for put real. Put Blake together. Um, the Oklahoma connection in L.A. Yeah, speaking of Mr. Bagley the third, Duke survives Florida State. Um, I don't know if anyone caught that game. Unbelievable game. Florida I I'm it's a I'm a Duke fan. Like, yeah. I hate Florida State. Not because I don't like their not, I just hate them because they always, it seems like they always beat Duke. Yeah. And they, they always play. give them a ridiculous game. Like Especially players, Cameron too. Like always they, they a Cameron. play tough at Cameron. They oh really my do play tough. Goodness. I like to see those numbers against Duke but over the years. But the thing that I have a problem with Florida State and this is something I was talking to my grandfather on the way back from the Virginia game the other day. Leonard Hamilton, as great as like he's he's been, whatever, they're a top 25 team now. I feel like they always recruit the guys really well. He gets these top recruits. He gets these athletic dudes. Yes. They compete against these top ACC programs. But then what do they have to show for in the NCAA tournament? That's the problem with, I with know, Florida State. I know, but That's I'm going to go the other way there, man. I'm so I'm a Leonard Hamilton guy. You like Leonard Hamilton? I like really? Leonard Hamilton. Is I that did crazy? I not see this coming. I think I it's because, it shout out to um, you know one of our fantastic listeners, Steve Trefiletti. Okay. Steve Trefiletti uh, worked with Coach Hamilton at Florida State before coming up to Central Connecticut where him and I worked together for a year. Right. And he raves about the guy. Like loves him, says he's he's unbelievable, right. one of the most underrated. And like, look at the stats. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, Fair. he's crushing it at Florida State. For what Florida State is, he's crushing. For it. what they are, yeah. For and what they are, like, and that again, that's taking it back to perspective. And what we talked about, we said like Clemson. It's a team that you should be happy. It's a football school. Every four years, you make the tournament. Good. Yeah. Florida State. Um, I know football took a step back this year, but like yep. that's one. All right, you're they're competitive in the AC. I don't remember the last time they they weren't. I mean, they haven't had a a losing record. Entire since his since two thousand four two thousand five so they've been over five hundred at least every year they've never tanked think about that awfully um, now I agree with you that his his so like if we look at the NCAA performances he lost in the first round lost in the first round got to the Sweet Sixteen round of thirty two and one then sweet, after that one Sweet yeah. Sixteen though I know even last year it got to the thirty two like they have so he I mean he's won. Let's see, ACC Coach of the Year twice. I know, man. Um, they have he won ACC tournament in 2012. That was the year that killed me. Yes, with them. yes. They yes. they were in they Nashville were so when we played good. in Nashville. So good. They were very very good, and then it just I mean it's tough. So, I mean, anyway, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm I, off track, but like Florida State, like I that's like I, it's I've almost come to expect like they'll give people ball games. I, I had my time hop yesterday. It was they beat Virginia at Virginia last year? I think their first ACC game. I didn't see that coming. So. They, he always keeps a minute. He always makes always. interesting. So, um, Duke, though, I mean, where do you go? I mean, they, they've got – they don't have a tough schedule coming up by any means, so they can kind of coast a little bit until they play Miami. They go NC State, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, and then they get Miami January 15th. Um, so they could – I mean, they're sitting at 1-1, one one, obviously, in the ACC. They can, can kind of pad a couple of those games um, before they, they have a tough test against Miami. Um, Projected to lose against North Carolina and Ken Palm right now. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, Duke played great. I mean, the game was unbelievable. It was an offensive absolute battle. No defense was played. Um, freaking dude Angola on Florida State was out of his mind from three. So was Phil Kofer. Uh Phil Kofer had 28. 
and Angola had 23. They both played unbelievable. Um, I think this was the first time that I can remember Duke being bigger and longer than Florida State ever. Yeah. Like, legitimately, since I've been watching them play each other, I don't remember a Duke team ever being longer and bigger, and they were, and it showed. Um, Wendell Carter played great. Marvin Bagley had the jelly of the year. I don't know if you saw that. Missed the free throw, got it back, got fouled, threw it up. Jelly of the year. Um, but, yeah, just an unbelievable game. Duke plays zero defense, so that's going to be their Achilles heel for the end of time. Um, Question to pose for you about Bagley. Um, this is something, obviously, with his future moving forward, I saw some – I don't remember when I was listening to this, too. It might have been uh, it might have been Tyus and Taylor's guys. The thing that, only, that scares a lot of people with Bagley, the same kind of thing that Carl Towns, is that is he falling in love too much with wanting to be a jump shooter? Because I, I haven't watched him enough as much as you no. have. Where, like, you know, Carl Towns, like, Carl Towns could be absolutely dominant on the block, but he likes to stretch it out. And I think, I don't know if it takes away from his game, but it seems like from when I have watched Bagley, he likes to step out and, and pull. No, because I think at Kentucky, he got pulled, as Towns anyway, Towns got put on a no shooting, like, yo, you're not yeah. doing that shit here. Like, yeah. you're here to dominate in the paint. We don't have time to, you know what I mean? We got to win a national championship. Um, so Bagley has not done it. He's only shot, I, I would say, He's I'm shooting, gonna I'm gonna he's guess shooting sixty seven percent from two, thirty five percent from three. He's ten of twenty eight. Ten of twenty eight attempts. Twenty eight. He hit a massive one in the corner that got fouled and made it. Uh, went to the line, but no, I don't. Twenty eight's not falling in love with it. No. If it was forty eight, that's falling in love with it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So not um, yet, not yet. But I could see as the season goes on, he gets a little tired. You know what I mean? You're getting the ACC and like you're yeah. sick of going down there. And, and getting, I mean, but also you got to think too. I mean, he's playing with Wendell Carter in there as well. Yeah. So like someone, one of them's going to stretch out. Yeah, exactly. it's got to happen. And Wendell um, can shoot a little bit. I can. Um, but yeah, big game for I think Duke. Duke's still the most talented team in the country. I, just, I think like, they have the highest say, ceiling. They do. I think they have, as far as it goes, of, of t- a team I would at least want to yeah, see. Maybe. Yeah, like, They're in that conversation. But they just don't play NED. I can't wait for them to see Virginia because it's a classic case of like what's better it's gonna be the tough. defense of the offense. they only play them once and it's in cameron oh, thank um, God. yeah it's tough for me it's weird acc the only gripe i have with the acc as great as basketball conferences they've got like seven teams in the top 25 right now which is ridiculous but the conference is so big you can't play you don't like we, virginia plays unc once this year which and duke like, once and That's duke it. once virginia north carolina is just in charlottesville duke is just in durham yeah. which is tough to see especially like growing then, up like, on next that year it'll growing switch. up on that like when it was only nine teams you play everyone twice like yep. you're getting like yep. um i miss that aspect of it but speaking um, of uva speaking of uva obviously bias here but uva bc was not, I want to say the best, but it was one of the best games I've watched this entire year. And strictly, live. it was live. Good shout seeks. out to Chipsy, shout out to Coach Wu, <laughs> shout out to Jim Christian, shout out to Stevie Taylor um, coming through. Absolutely awesome. There's only one set of guys that can get me to cheer against the University of Virginia. Um, and it was them. I was in the John Paul Jones Arena rocking a BC polo, um, throwing the threes up and uh, right behind the bench. Awesome, awesome, awesome game, and it was an absolute battle. From it was basically a one-on-one battle between Jerome Robinson and Ty Jerome, and I a think a couple of Jeromies. Ty, oh, a Jerome, Ty Romy, finished Romy, Rome thing. Ty finished <laughs> with thirty-one. No, okay, thirty-one points. He was how many from the field? He was six of nine from three, five eight from two. He put up seventeen shots. Six of nine from three. Huh? Six of nine nice. from three. Nice, uh, but he. He'd never even taken more than eleven shots in a game before, and That's dude dropped. Wild. And then so like, 
obviously that is huge for Virginia moving forward. They can have that other option of a, not just Kyle Guy that could go for 30. They hadn't had Virginia hadn't had 30 point scores since Joe Harris in 2012, and this dude was pulling from deep. He was hitting everything, but. BC would answer right back with Jerome Robinson. Jerome Robinson, yeah, he's, they, the thing is, Virginia held Kai Bowman in check. I, like, after, Kai Bowman had an incredible, incredible game against Duke. I almost had, mm-hmm. had a triple-double. Um, he, he only had five points against Virginia. Didn't score in the first half. Really struggled kind of getting around the rim. Um, but then Jerome Robinson just absolutely like picked it up for him. And, and um, shout-out to BC. Came down to the absolute wire. One-point game. They had the ball. 14 seconds left. Gets blocked on a on, by Isaiah Wilkins saving the game for Virginia, and then uh, they had basically two chances with three seconds left to run it. Virginia's defense just just clamped down. They just face guarded uh, Robinson and Kai Bowman. Yep. Was like, we're not letting either of these guys touch someone it. Else, someone else beat us. Let let one of the guys is not give it to Stevie board. Taylor. Yes, dude. Stevie <laughs> Taylor. I don't know if you saw this. Some things never change. Jerome Robinson hit a three. He went in and out, step back. Stevie Ugh. Taylor standing on the bench directly behind him. Standing up. Mirroring in and out, oh. step back in the middle of the game. So, Stevie, the energy was there. Uh, the I energy was there. And, and there, uh, we, we talked about it with Coach Wu before. But BC, man, I, I'm telling you, I, I am a, such a huge fan of these dudes. Like, Coach Christian draws They're not up, an easy win they're anymore, not, man. man. And at he, all. He will draw the X's and O's as well as anybody. Um, they have three of the best guards in the ACC, in Chapman, Bowman, and Robinson. Um, man, let them get the 18 wins, please. please it's going to be hard. Man. Eight please, wins please, in the ACC please, please. Is be hard. They get Clemson Wednesday. Oh, they still have Dartmouth. Awesome. And they get Wake. Yeah, so, like, my thing is they're sitting at 10-4 and four right now with a win over Duke and a one-point loss on the road in, at Virginia. Virginia. Um, the, 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 their future is brighter, brighter than it has been. And, and I'm excited to watch them because that was a – Awesome, 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 awesome game um, from 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 both standpoints. So I, I didn't, I wasn't gonna go home a loser in either way. Yep, um, that was fun. Saturday was big time in college hoops, man. Um, we had three undefeated teams left. We now have zero. Actually, made some history. Uh, so for the first time since 1946, 1946. We're looking at seven, we have seventy. Yeah, I can't years. do math. Someone else do it. Seventy-one years. Tweeted at us. Whatever you do, the math. Um, is the first time that no teams remain undefeated prior to January 1. Isn't that wild? That is pretty nuts when you think about it because especially the – I mean, I, I think you th- you credit to, I think, teams scheduling tougher maybe. You th- is that I, I mean, part that's of just like, an ins- – I don't know. That's an insane stat. How has there never been some – like a year where there's not undefeated teams going to January 1. Anyway, that's a crazy stat. Um – Arizona State, Arizona, didn't even get to see a minute of it because I was busy watching all the other games on TV. My last channel was getting put to use. Um, but unbelievable game. Arizona State goes down. They're as legit as you can be at this point. Yeah. Um, which, you know, we'll get into I think a Bob, couple of the. Bobby Hurley would probably be, like I said, leader in the clubhouse, Trey Young player of the year, probably leader in the clubhouse for national probably. coach of the year. Probably. At this point. Um, but Arizona, that's an unbelievable win for them. DeAndre Ayton's making a case for, you know, number one draft pick. The kid's playing out of his mind. Um, Everyone wanted to write off Arizona after losing those games. In, uh, um, and they had the probe, and people were a little kind of, like, weary about them. I mean, they were 3-3, three and, three and then they just rattled they off haven't nine lost, in a now, row. They got Raleigh Alkins back, and they haven't lost a game with him playing. So, like, he, he, he uh, let's see. 
obviously not any incredible wins. I mean, they beat Alabama. Well, no, I take incredible wins. They beat Texas A&M. They mm-hmm. beat Alabama. Um, they've now beat Arizona State. So, like, does the Pac-12 run through Arizona or does it run through Arizona State? I don't know, but I really hope this be – like, the only thing I know about Arizona State is I visited there thinking about going there for college. And it didn't seem like Arizona – took the Arizona State rivalry as serious, but Arizona State people did, if that makes sense. Like, no, Arizona State sense. took yeah. it real serious, and they, like, wanted yeah, to be yeah, Arizona, yeah. and Arizona kind of looked down on them, like, come on, guys, like, yep. you guys are a safety school. Exactly. That's kind of how it, it felt. If there's any Arizona, Arizona State fans, please do call and let us know if we're right. But I hope this thing sparks up, man, because why, why awesome. wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Like, why isn't this, like, a massive thing? And maybe it awesome. is, and we're on the East Coast, and we're on the East Coast bias. Who knows? It could be. Um, they play again February 15th mm-hmm. um, at, uh, at Arizona State. So uh, return game will be, be later on. Right now, um, Arizona is projected on Kim Palm to win every single game until then Woo! and every other game after that. After that. So That's not I mean, going to happen. There'll be an upset in there somewhere. But really good game. Um, if it's cool to like, see that though, like it's it's a rivalry, like it doesn't it just get, like, make sense. Yeah, it doesn't get pumped. Like air, like it's one thing if Arizona State's good and it's like full story, but the fact that Arizona is such a power they are and that rivalry yep. is back together, it's yep. um, especially with the rest of the, the Pac-12 hasn't been as solid this year. So you at least get those two teams kind of headlining it. Yep. Um, with uh, with UCLA in the mix too. Speaking of rivalries, something that kind of flew under the radar a little bit: Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you know, for obvious reasons why, but it. Uh, Flew under the radar a little bit. Kentucky absolutely waxed Louisville by twenty nine. Smacked them up. Twenty nine. Ninety to sixty one was the final in uh, in Rupp. How about this though? Like the game was pretty close. It was twenty one twenty one with seven to go in the first. Yep. And at the end of the um, at the beginning of the second half, it was forty one twenty seven. So Kentucky went on an absolutely ridiculous run. Yep. They're starting to guard. They're starting to put Don't it together a little the, bit. Uh, Let's pull up the, the win probability here of that game um, so we can see kind of when that took off. Um, looks like, I mean, it kind of hovered around 50%. Well, and yeah, then until that sec- until then the like, second half came. And then the second half, and it was basically a 0% chance of Louisville winning that game. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. I think one of the biggest things, and looking at it, um, obviously – Shea Gilgis Alexander um, and Quade Ooh. Green and Hami Diallo. He's they've been playing all three of them together uh, as three our lineups, and I think they've kind of meshed a little bit better. Um, dude, when Brad pa- when Brad Calipari is getting minutes though, <laughs> doing something right, man. Brad Brad Calipari, Calipari earn, right. earn not given the best tattoo in college the basketball. Best tattoo in college um, basketball. Shout out, to, shout out to Brad and his cankles. <laughs> but um, that's uh, awesome. I mean, Kentucky's looking a lot better. We knew they they were they talented. Are. Everyone's like, oh, it's a down year. It's just a young, it's a young team. But um, they get they have some they have some tough matchups coming up. I mean, they play LSU, but then Tennessee, Tennessee and Texas A&M. Really good. Uh, so we'll really see. I mean, they're getting kind of thrown. South Carolina's no joke. I think the Florida. SEC is, the SEC is, is really very good. very good. I really was thinking good. that the other night. I was watching. Yeah. Alabama, Texas A&M. I was like, these teams are like we were just talking about like Florida being a Final Four team. We're talking about it's it's Texas it's, A&M being like a massive, massive. Uh, I think they're a year play. away from being there. You know, like this year they're very good. Yeah. Um, the ACC is still the class, Dude, and just, now like the Big Ten is coming Porter, down a little bit. Just think of Michael Porter Jr. was actually playing at Missouri too. Yeah, exactly. That's like uh, like this in Arkansas. We talked about Arkansas, their home court advantage, like those guys. Tennessee, like Rick Barnes, got them in the top twenty-five. Yep. SEC's legit, man. No, they're it very really legit. is. Uh, I would put them. Probably would you go number two conference right now behind the ACC? Oh man, 
I think it's a. I think it's more competitive than the Big it's Ten. Better than the Big Ten. Big what about 12, the Big Twelve? No, just... Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas. No, no. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, uh, yeah, West Virginia's Big Twelve. So I mean, I would I don't go. Know. I'd say in my number two conference. Let me get back to you. Yeah. I don't really we'll know. Think, it we'll could be. Jeez, it really could be. Shout to SEC. Um, not just and not even. Yeah, but don't even forget about Arkansas. They're like sneaky twelve and one. Arkansas sitting here at uh, yeah eleven yeah, and Arkansas. two. Sorry, I was wrong. Eleven and two. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi State's twelve and Mississippi one. Mississippi State's twelve and one. I don't know if they've really played anybody. But, Lost uh, yeah, they haven't. They right. haven't played really anybody. But, Good for uh, them. Hey, all right. Hey, is what it is. Um, so shout out to SEC. We got to talk about a couple things here, um, and you can pull up the stats now so we can go over it. But Maryland and UConn, two historic programs. Two man. historic programs. Two programs that are supposed to be top 25 programs every year, should be top 25 programs every year, um, have won national championships. Um, what is going on in Stores, Connecticut? UConn yeah, we, is 7-6, and six, guys. 7? That's wild, man. And we, seven we talk and about, six. We've talked, like you said, we talked about before about expectations for a school. And we talk about, like a team, like we keep, it keeps coming up, like Clemson. Every four years, you make the tournament, you win 20 games, that's good, that's your, your expectations. UConn, no, nah, UConn's got to be at twenty five a year. You have to, if you like if you're not winning twenty games at UConn, there, like something's going wrong. Sums the up. next year, it has to be back. I mean, it, like looking at think. it, their last uh, what's their their record um, overall? They're seven and Kevin six Knott. right now. Seven and six. Oh, you're talking but about? I'm saying overall. So like they last year they went sixteen and seventeen and nine and nine in the American, which yeah. is like. Not a, anything to write home, and then no. it's not a tough conference. They're seven and six, zero and one in the conference right now. Um, they've lost three in a row. Granted, it was the Arizona, Auburn, Wichita State. Um, but if you're going to schedule hard, you're going to schedule teams. You're going to play Michigan State. You're going to play Arkansas. You're going to play Syracuse. Um, you got to win some of the at least one. You can't drop all of them, man. Yeah, um, they have one of the worst. Their effective field goal percentage is shooting forty five point two percent. Ranks three hundred nineteenth out of three hundred fifty one teams in the country. Yep, three and their defense is like middle of the pack. Like it's not like there's nothing really good to see there. I mean, their only category they don't turn the ball over a ton. I guess you say that, but they didn't just miss a lot of shots. Yeah, uh, and I think they they lost. Who they lose for the season is Altry Gilbert. They did just lose somebody um, to a shoulder injury. They did. So I mean, UConn though. Do you move on? Like, I don't want to talk about another man's job, but do you move? Are you ready to move on from Kevin Ollie? I'm what are you, not. What are you, I'm not. I what are you doing that situation? maybe I'm sensitive to it, but who who do you take that I guess is is better than Ollie? I I, I think more of a general statement. I, I'm not ready to get rid of Ollie yet. I think he might be more ready to leave than UConn's ready to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, it could be one of those deals. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Like if, if he's feel if, if, if there's an if, NBA gig or another job, I just feel that UConn has and it's actually crazy because they just won a national championship a couple years ago. They just won. 2000 yeah. no 16. Right? No, 15, 14. Yeah, 14. UConn. I mean they yeah, yeah it was 15 it was, was Duke and it was still Calhoun's players. Um I would say one it was what Ollie's first year. It's crazy that I don't know. It's, I just I, yeah, fourteen. You despise UConn more than me. I but yeah, like, but like they just won a national title three years ago, and all of a sudden they're seven and six. Crazy stat for you here though. Like and this has just popped out at me. When would you guess the last time they won a conference regular season championship? Ninety nine. Not that far back, <laughs> but oh uh, four. Brazil oh six. Ah, all right. In that time though, they have 
two national championships, but no conference and no regular season conference. And they even, yeah. they won the so they won oh oh six last time they won a regular season. And like they've been the a the American for what the past three years. Yeah. So like, wow. If you're UConn, that you should be a dominant team. Like yeah, you just I saw there was a tweet or someone I saw it was like if you had told me ten years ago that Wichita State and UConn would be in the same conference and Wichita State would be the be, dominant team yeah. and UConn would be trash, no one would believe Nobody you. would believe no you. No one. Yeah. That is Wichita a, this, to just UConn come in is a win. blue blood program. It is. It, it is. should be there with Duke. It should be there with Carolina. It should be there with Kansas. They yep. built that. They've got four NCAA titles. They have three since 2000. They have three in the new millennium, yep. which is wild. Wild. They've got five Final Fours. Like It's crazy. It's crazy. So... We're interested to see how that goes. Definitely be ready for talks early. If all of a sudden UConn, they're seven and six now, but if UConn's all of a sudden like eight and twelve, be ready. Be ready who for those have? talks. Let's see who they have coming up. They've got um, UConn. They go Tulsa. They're projected to lose at Tulsa, oh which that's not going yet. Uh, East Carolina and UCF. UCF, they get it at Taco home. But fall. UCF's tough, man. UCF is uh, play really good defense. Um, then they hit a tough stretch. Tulane, After those, they go Nova. They play Nova, I guess yeah. non-conference set up there. SMU, Temple, UCF, Cincinnati. They're, 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 they, have, they have a stretch there. They're projected to lose five games in a row. Yeah, that's when it's going to happen. That's yeah. we're gonna we're gonna revisit this topic say, on yeah. February third. But say wow. it, everything goes to plan with those projections at this point. That's five, six. That's seven more losses and three wins. So start of February. That's the start of February. If it goes to the projections right now, UConn would be ten and thirteen. See, in the start of February. Yep. So, not good. Um, not good from from that standpoint. The other program though is yes. around my neck of the woods that I've always been close to original basically original ACC school in Maryland that I think they traders absolute traders, traders. um I uh, first time I ever said a curse word was actually to uh to Gary Williams um there's <laughs> a funny story I'll get we uh I, I want to say it was probably 2003 I was rushing the court with UVA students and um I said something to the effect of "Go to hell, Gary." I ran into him. I was running the court. That's um, awesome. I don't think I did. He curse back. I think I said something else with starts with an F sure, and then sure, goes sure. on. Got yanked uh, by my collar, my grandfather. Um, <laughs> I just remember Gary Williams sweating through his shirt and me running into it and then just yelling at him. Uh, I was probably like eight years, seven, eight years old. But That's awesome. Um, so obviously Maryland, though, when they won a national title, two thousand two, it was that. Yeah, two thousand two. Yep. They should be a big time program. These stats came out. The other day, I saw you liked it, and, and obviously really stood out to me about Mark Turgeon at Maryland. Obviously, Mark Turgeon took over right after Gary Williams. Yep. Um, he's been there now seven seasons. His record against the AP Top 25 is just 8-25. and 25. Yeah. So he's averaging – Horrible. You're averaging basically one win per season over top 25 teams. So like one quality win per season, which is egregious. When the fact you Very play bad. in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten the past few years has had so many top 25 teams – um, you only have eight and seven seasons, 25 losses, um, zero regular season conference titles, zero conference tournament titles, three appearances in seven years. So less than every other year, they're even making an NCAA tournament. They were four, five, and six seeds. So not even like a top top seed or going into it. Three and three in the uh, NCAA tournament, one Sweet 16, zero Elite Eights, zero Final Fours, zero national titles. And the question that ended that tweet was, how is this okay? He's he's uh, to give him a little benefit of the doubt. He's 138 and 67 overall, and he's 61 and 45 in the ACC slash Big Ten. 
So he's he wins games. He, he just beats, doesn't win any. He beats the teams that he should. Beat. He yeah. beats the teams that he should. Yeah. And then he doesn't beat anybody that, like that you need to help yourself get over the hump and like win a conference title. And, yeah. and that I think if you're at Maryland, you should like Maryland's a basketball school. I would I would consider that. Would you? Of course. And so that's different when you talk about expectations. You need to be a twenty win team or like closer. You need to be. In the like, the fact that Virginia doesn't miss the NCAA tournament now, and like Maryland doesn't even like show up, yeah. is like wild to me. Absolutely so he, wild. So in 2015, they were the four seed. They beat Valparaiso, and then they lost to West Virginia. In 2016, they were the five seed. Uh, this is they went actually decently far. They beat South Dakota. They beat Hawaii, and then they lost to number one Kansas. All right. Yeah, that's okay. And then last year they were the number six, and they lost. They got upset by Xavier. So and it's not listen, gonna, man. They, they we're not we're not here that. to we're not here to say. No one understands how hard it is to win a game in the NCAA tournament. No one. It is it is virtually impossible. It's so hard, so hard. So we get it, but at the same time, it's like yo, you're Maryland, and like you, they get those recruits. You know what I mean? Like not like the not like five. Do they have? They always, I mean, they always Diamond get one Stone or two. Was a top. Who's yeah. a McDonald's All American? Um, they've had like really good guys. Jake Lehman is in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Mellow Trimble was a like very good player that I think regressed over those like final like few yeah, years. Yeah, Jake so Lehman was supposed to go to Providence, man. Like came they, on a visit. Come on, Jake. They, they like and and looking at that, if Jake Lehman had gone to Providence, he would have had Ooh. more successful years at Ooh. Providence yeah. than he did would've at Maryland. Would have had a uh, Big East title. Exactly. And played so, with Chris Dunn. Come on, man. Exactly. I mean, and so it, it's kind of weird. Like those are the two problems I think programs when you it comes to mind. When you think about the, who's fallen off the, like, I say the most, it's I mean those are really two that I, I think of like immediately. Um, yep. Yeah. M- moving on from real quick, from I want to I want to give a shout out uh, to Matt Mobley. We got to get you on the podcast, my man. Uh, Matt Mobley, I used to uh, coach at Central Connecticut. He now plays at Saint Bonaventure, who is sneaky, sneaky, pretty good this year. Eleven and 11 two. Eleven two. Him B- and BQs. Yep. Him and Jalen Adams, uh, the backcourt for Saint Bonnie's, are absolutely crushing it. Jalen Adams averaging twenty a game. Matt Mobley averaging eighteen. Um, he's an, an unbelievable kid. Loved coaching him for the year that uh, he was at Central. Um, but got to see him on Saturday. They were uh, playing and they got a dub. So um, shout out to Matt. We'll get projected you on the pod. to win every single game the rest of the year except at Rhode Island. So, yeah, so, yeah. Watch um, same. Watch in about three four weeks. Uh, these these slow thinking AP voters are gonna put St. Bonnie's in. I watch. Guaranteed. Telling you, if that all happens, I mean, my God, St. Bonnie's legit, man. We played yeah. when we were at Ohio and they had Andrew Nicholson. Like oh, those dudes are, God, they're he was a beast. real. They're he real. Was a beast. You don't think of St. Bonnie's, but hey, um, shout out to you, Matt Mobley. Going into Matt Mobley, a transfer. Let's talk about some transfers. So, yeah. a couple news: um, Jordan Tucker from Duke is transferring. He's actually a New York City kid. Um, Where did he go to high school? You know that. He, Let's see. I don't know. White Plains, New York. I don't remember. Let's see. Um, went to Wheeler. Oh, yeah. he, went to, he, went, he went to high school in Georgia. That's right. Yeah, he yeah, went yeah. to That's he went, played but, in Georgia, but, but then he's, he's from a, yeah, he's from there. Um, weird, weird scenario with that because yeah. this is something that like people I don't know. I mean, if you just casually pay attention to college basketball, you don't like follow recruiting, you wouldn't know like the backstory of like how it even happened. But basically, Duke missed out on Kevin Knox. Yep. Kevin Knox commits to Kentucky. Um, hadn't recruited like Jordan Tucker really at all. 
but they had basically an open scholarship to give, and especially when you're in the mode of recruiting all these one and dones, and your number, your scholarship numbers are very volatile, kind of year to year. Mm-hmm. They just offered him immediately, and what was it? A week later, he commits. It was the quickest, the quickest commitment. No one even. It, it didn't really. He was a four-star kid. He was ranked 82nd in the country according to 24/7, and. Um, I think Seth Greenberg put it perfectly because the fact that I mean the kids what he's averaging he's barely he's not playing really at all he's not in the rotation at Duke. He, no, he played like legitimate like six games. Yeah, and, and like so like points. he's not like, playing he's at no all. Points. Seth Greenberg, um, who gave, I want to say he didn't give us love on Twitter before, but he did. Uh, no, inter- he was he tweeting did, at us. He did he interact with us, but he uh, I think he put it perfectly. Um, good lesson for recruits: don't select a school in April when they lose a recruit and didn't recruit you unless you realize and understand where you are in the depth chart. If playing is important, pick a school that has opportunity and has recruited you. So obviously playing was important. He wasn't going to Duke to just sit the bench. He thought he was going to be able to play. But there should be a red flag in your mind that's like, if you're not a top priority, I mean, is there, is there, are they really that into you? Like so, if if you that, yeah. like, so if you do some digging, um, he played for the Rens, the New York Rens up here. Uh, AAU, yep, AAU program up here. If you know anything about the Wrens, you know that the executive director, Andy Borman, graduated from Duke. So that must have been a call to Andy. Uh, Coach K called him and said, where's Jordan at with his recruitment? He said whatever he said. You know, maybe he doesn't like, he's not in love with the school. I don't know, whatever. Whatever he said on that conversation, but it was like, can we get him? And I'm sure Andy said, let me talk to him. Called him right back. Yep, he's good. Sent him on a visit, and that was it. Yep. So and, that's kind of how those things go. His he was originally. I'm looking at now. He was. Everyone thought he was going to go to Syracuse. Yeah, that, it, it was like almost like a. It was almost just like a, it was a shoe in. Like yeah. like the, it was. He didn't, it certainly he didn't seems committed, but like everyone thought. Um, and then, uh, I mean, it's t- like it's that we talked. I mean, with Matt Wise earlier about transferring, and obviously the, Don't the statistics do it. behind it. Don't do it. You have the opportunity as a player to at least set yourself up. To be in, hopefully, what you think is the best position, don't rush it, man. Just, yeah. like, just, like, I get, like, if you're cool, like, hey, I want to run with Duke because we have a best chance of winning a national title. Yeah, like, yeah, that's great. But, like, you're a semester into your, your freshman year and you realize, like, oh, I'm not playing at all. Like, you're only setting yourself up to, to then now sit out. You Now you have to sit out a whole another year. And, uh, yeah, it's not good. It, it's tough to see. The other guy that uh, was interesting is, uh, is Carlton Bragg. And obviously, if you know anything about Carlton Bragg, top recruit out of high school from Cleveland, went to um, went to Kansas, um, and didn't. He had a really good freshman year and could have left. He could have left his freshman year and gone to the NBA. Didn't. Then everything kind of spiraled out of control. Went downhill. Had some domestic. Uh, um, I think some domestic assault rumors about him that kind of got disproved. Yeah. Got in trouble with marijuana, all this stuff. That. So like. He he did, he kind of fell. He got into Bill Self's doghouse, which you don't want to be no. transferred. Um, is sitting out at Arizona State, who obviously we were just talking about, who's one of the top uh, top five teams in the country, and now just announced he's going to leave Arizona State as well. Which is just like, what are no, you doing? Like, what are you doing? Where where do you? And so, what does that even mean? Like, how are you just going to leave in the middle of the year? It's weird, man. It's really really weird. We had a scenario like that. He must have gotten in trouble, man. Maybe they kicked him out. It could be. I mean, it really Maybe could be. Maybe they just said, you got to go. It could be. But, like, you're a kid that you have your fr- – like, this kid was looking at a potential NBA lottery pick a couple yeah. of years ago. And then now it's like, 
Where's you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up like a Mac school. You go to like Akron, Kent State. Like, go I mean, to be fair, like John Gross, I know recruited him very, very hard at Illinois. John Gross at Akron now, the like kids from Cleveland, makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can put up numbers, but there's something weird going on there. And it, it, it's weird. And like normally we see all these transfers at the end of the year or like after the season, the transfer list every year just grows and grows and grows. Yeah. But now the we're at the point where these guys, these guys are like, all right, well, I want to, instead of having to sit out the all of next year, I'll just transfer right now. I'm not playing. Crazy. Let me transfer now so I can start playing in next season. Yeah. It's crazy, 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 crazy to see. And yeah. so um, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Tucker will make sense wherever he goes, but I mean, prediction. it'll be. I, I say yeah, Akron. I mean, yeah, I say, I say Akron. That's my guess for Bragg. For Bragg, I think Bragg. That's and then not I a think, bad guess. Um, but then, dude, the problem with uh, with Jordan Tucker is, will he be able to transfer from Duke to another ACC school? Can he go to like will Duke allow him to? So Most, Duke let no, Benajay. They did let Benajay. They let Benajay. I think that's a uh, a case of like, Beheim told Chesky, "Hey man, I need this guy. Do me a solid. Yeah, I mean, like they're boys. Yeah. So it might be one of those. It could be." Um, all right, it's segment time. Let's give out another green light player of the week. Green light player we cool of the week. cool with that? Another green light player of the week. And this we guy has been on the radar for a while. This yep. dude is someone that I'm going to pull up his uh, pull up his numbers because he I've been watching this kid for a while. He started out his career at Illinois, was a yep. top recruit, went played actually. I don't know if you realize this, you know he was high school teammates with Jalo Okafor. Mm, did not they, know that. They they both they all they went to Simeon. Simeon, yeah. Um get to, we'll just now his name the winner of this week from the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Hey. Uh, from Chicago, Illinois, Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn. Uh, 6'3", shooting guard, averaging 25.3 points a game. Um, shooting, what's he shooting for? 44% from the field, shooting 41% from three. But the big number is he's averaging 11.5 attempts from three Ooh, per game. Ooh, so 11 he's, he's and a it half attempts. He's putting it up. That is big time. His um, last five <laughs> games, he has 32 31, 20, 36, and 33. And he's gotten up 12, 13, 12, 11, and then the last game at 19 threes. He That's the biggest for thing 19. for me. Like, this guy could have won Greenlight Player of the Week probably like any of these other weeks that we were, we did it. But you put up 19 threes in a game. Mm. But on the road, too. You play 40 minutes, put up 19 threes on the road. Um, they lost by one, which is tough. But they uh, you deserve Greenlight Player of the Week. He deserves it, man. And anyone who watches Nunn. Oakland, though, this is the team. They just run an absolute gun. They the kid, do. Travis Bader, um, that was absolute marksman from three. Yeah, we he broke Reddick's record for yep. not all time, but he broke it for single season, I think. He was also, he has been, I don't think he was this past season, he was on the Overseas Elite uh, TBT yes! team. Yes! So Shout he, out TBT. He popping yeah, up. And Overseas Elite's 3-0. and Exactly. They've They're never like lost three, that They don't lose, thing. and he was They're a part of that team. And then they had another kid, I don't can't remember his name, that didn't Take a two-point shot the entire season. Yeah. So if you know if you're into if you, if you know into, anything about Oakland, if you know anything about Oakland, you realize these dudes like Greg Campy runs if this you, style where they will just shoot and shoot and shoot. They've had some other like Keith Benson. They've had good big guys. They had um, some talent, but they will they'll score points. And like he obviously is given. Kendrick Nunn, the ultimate, ultimate green light to just put up um, whatever he wants. So shout out to you, Kendrick Nunn. Um, kind of saw this coming from a mile away once he left Illinois and then chose Oakland to go to. But um, I'm sure we will be seeing much, much more um, from from him going forward. Yep. Um, on to the next segment. Um, how not to vote. How not to vote. 
This song, we talked about this before, and I oh this man, this guy's gotta come on the podcast. Yo, I, we gotta slide into Doug Dawdy's DMs to come have on, him explain man. himself. We talked about this before. I, I remember who who he put um, in his top twenty five um, for. Basically, he gave the excuse. He's a guy from Roanoke, Virginia. He's UVA grad. Hates UVA. Yeah, we um, talked about it in like week three or something. Yeah, he put someone in that basically he doesn't pay attention to wins and losses, and he blames it on. Uh, Oh, he's like, oh, I had another assignment. I had another Dang story I had to cover it. the next day. So, like, I just didn't. Like, yo, you, you're the, these are numbers ask, that. Can I ask a question? How do you get to be an AP voter? You just have to write for a paper. I I, I'm asking so. seriously. I, I guess, really don't. No, know. I guess so. I mean, and I think that's probably the problem. If, if you're just like the beat writer at a at a big at a big like it has the to Roanoke, be some, Yeah, it has he's to be. The, he's the Roanoke Times, which is obviously a pretty big. It's a pretty big, uh, pretty big paper. It's like right down the road from Virginia Tech, and he covers UVA and Virginia Tech. So he. He's valid. He's written for about him forever. But our gripe with him this week, <laughs> this, is this is nuts, man. Like, do you pay any attention at all? My thing is, so right now he has Syracuse at 22nd in his poll, which I don't think at this point Syracuse has done really too much to uh, – Syracuse has done too much to deserve that. If you look at him in Ken Palm, they're currently ranked 45th uh, with their best win probably over – Virginia Tech. I mean, they just like, lost just the their best They lost St. Bonaventure. The they lost the Kansas. Moses. Like, I don't see there. I don't see really why they deserve to be in there. But the biggest, craziest thing we talked about: Arizona, Arizona State. Um, Arizona just beat Arizona State for whatever reason. Last week he had Arizona at seventeenth, and after their awesome win over Arizona State, he moved them back six spots to twenty third. Like they haven't lost. And they just had a marquee win over a top five team, and you decide to move them back six spots. Like, do you pay attention at all? And my thing about this, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care about the polls now. But the selection committee, I think, does take this in consideration, at least at that point in time. <laughs> Florida State, Florida State lost to Duke. They were twenty fourth in his polls. He, he moved them up, them to, up 18, to eighteen. Move them up six. He's like spots. trying to be Kempa. He moved TCU down from tenth to sixteenth. Like, like what? You, like, and then the other crazy one is Duke. Where do you put Duke? Duke is second. Oh, no, he which put is Duke fair. second. Okay, okay, okay. It's fair. He moved Kansas. He's Kansas third. He moved him from 11th to third. So, like... We don't, we don't, we don't get him. We my, don't get him, but just come, that, just come explain. You know what I mean? Maybe you, got, maybe you know something we don't. The only thing is that when this does affect the polls, because the selection committee, if they look at, say, hey, Virginia played North Carolina this week when North Carolina was ranked fifth in the polls at that time, they look at the time, they, they look at when they were playing them and how they, they were... Like the AP poll kind of does matter. Like it, it shouldn't, but I mean, it comes into consideration when it's all said and done. So, yep. Thanks a lot, Doug Doughty. Doug Doughty, come on, come man. on the pod. Let's, let's chat. Um, all right, last segment before we wrap up episode nine. The bottom twenty-five. We have four defeated teams left. It's getting starting with Mississippi Valley State, who is zero and thirteen. Zero and thirteen, ranking straight out of the swack. Oh, yep. but. What? They are projected. Wait, they play today. Wait, are they not playing out? Let's see what the score. They're, oh they're projected God. to be they're Arkansas Pine Bluff. Right now. Line, oh, live update on Mississippi Valley State. Um, Holy crap. Should I ask Alexa? Mississippi Valley State. Oh, no. Oh, wait, we just had the score. 52 to 67. Arkansas Pine Bluff's up 15 with 7.50 to go. All right, so it's looking like a dub. Looking like a dub. They take it now. They're taking an L. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, so, like, uh, they'll they'll solidify their spot 
Um, they're number Yikes. two right now in the bottom 25. But Mississippi Valley State, man. Yeah, so Mississippi uh, Valley State, 0-13. Coppin State, 0-15. God, that's bad. Arkansas Pine Bluff, 0-14. And And the last one, Alabama State, 0-12. We got a couple teams with one wins. It's not looking good The team that's made the biggest jump over the years, I think they started probably around 20 to 25, is Longwood. Longwood has now ascended to third in the bottom 25. They are um, 3-11, but their three wins are over... North Carolina Wesleyan, Bluefield State, and Fayetteville State. So no Division One wins. Is Fayetteville? Um, they just lost to Charleston Southern, eighty-four yep. to forty-three. Um, Damn. They're not projected to win the rest of the season. Wow. So we're gonna have an the offer? Longwood Lancers from um, Farmville, Virginia. Trash school, in my opinion. Sorry. Wow. Opinion, I thought but, Longwood was in um, Indiana. Who knew? I, everyone knows I went to high school in Longwood. Or I, I, I went to high school <laughs> in Virginia. I don't know a single person that went to Longwood, so it shows you how relevant they are. Yikes. But they are relevant in the bottom top, bottom twenty-five. Yeah, so they that's are. that's what uh, that's what really matters. Yeah, um, we got some teams creeping, but we'll give you an update next week. Uh, lastly, what are you looking forward to this week? When we're looking over these matchups. Um, just looking at the top 25. I, I'm trying to see Providence get that upset over Xavier. That's not coming until later in the week. But let the Friars get it done one time. They're not even playing all that well right now. Um, it's probably not going to happen. But you know, over nice. the week, we get some big time matches. Yeah, we do. Now have that we're in conference games. play. Like obviously, it's finishing up bowl season and, and NFL playoffs are starting. But I mean, you get UNC Florida State, Virginia Virginia Tech. UNC Florida um, State is going to be a very good that'll game. be a very that's Wednesday. Thursday, um, Maryland has a chance to get a signature win. They play at Michigan State. I don't know how well hey. that will go. Um, but then moving on Friday. Houston, Wichita State. All right. That'd yeah, be pretty but good. But then the big day is Saturday. Saturday is when it really gets going. Virginia, North Carolina in Charlottesville. Um, it's going to be the battle of you know, Luke May versus Kyle Guy. And um, Xavier Providence, we talk. Louisville, Louisville Clemson. Clemson. Who, who would have thought at this point, I mean, that – um, Louisville would be the unranked team. Clemson would be in the top Shout out 25. to Coach Brownell, man. Um, we were talking about Clemson earlier this year and where they should be at, and he's uh, – listen, it's a contract year. One. It is. Contract year, baby. But I think Playing the for biggest matchup, obviously Duke, NC State, Marquette, Villanova, the most – the game yeah. I'm most looking forward to, ESPN2. This should be primetime. Uh, they should knock ESPN, NC State out of there. Oklahoma, West Virginia, Saturday night. Trey Young versus Javon Carter, arguably in my opinion, Ooh. the best guard, probably the best player versus the best defensive Defender. player. Yeah, yeah, um, at least say that for too. a guard um, in Javon Carter, and Press just the way Virginia. West Virginia plays. I mean, is Trey Young going to turn it over, or is he going to go for like thirty assists yeah, and like fifty they, they points because they're just going to speed him up, and it's yeah. going to be a free for all? Does it so turn like, into an AAU seven fifteen p.m. ESPN two appointment television in, from Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, but that is uh, that's that's a wrap. I mean, that, that is episode is, uh, nine. Next week we got a big time guest coming on, so stay tuned for that. Looking forward to it. Um, until then, until then we will. Uh, man, enjoy conference basketball, man. Yeah, we're back. This is great. The last two weeks have been weird. Everyone's playing their last cupcakes. We're back. We're and back. We're not, baby. And we're not getting any more episodes taken off for uh, for, for, for copyright playing con- infringement. For, for playing copyright yeah. infringement. So we're making we're making steps forward. So are these Life's teams, different. and we will see you Money's next different. week with another. Yeah. A-plus episode. Deuces.